0: Not all that long ago, people had these kind of funny-looking contraptions called radios. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I actually, of course, Bill had one that I could bring and show you all. It uh, weighs about as much as a house. Um, Look at this thing. Anybody recognize this? Anybody have one of these in your house? Don't have to answer. I'm pretty sure Bill was probably in his teen years when these sort of became a thing Uh, originally. That's a joke. That was like the 1930s or something. Um, But these radios had these little dials, right? And uh, I mean, I'm a 90s kid, and even, uh, I mean, we had still radios at home. I actually came across one time a TV that had like one of those dial things right? And the whole idea was what? I mean, we, you guys know, right? So you so you turn the dial uh, until you find the right frequency that you're looking for, yes? So there's this frequency that a, that a network was transmitting on, and you want to get to that channel, right? You want to get to that frequency so you can hear the person, whether that's music or a talk show, you know, their version of the podcast, yes? <laughs> and so, and there was this I really, as a kid, there was this great satisfaction I had when I landed on just the right frequency. Anybody else feel that? You're like, ah, yes. Because it's all white noise otherwise, yes? Uh, to the left and to the right, it's just, right? Unpleasant. But then when you land on that right frequency, it's just really gratifying. And I love that. When you landed on the frequency where you heard a voice that you recognized, just a good feeling. And speaking of voices we recognize, you go to John chapter 10. And Jesus says something really interesting. He calls himself the good shepherd whose voice his sheep recognize, whose voice his sheep know. When his sheep hear him speak, they know it is him. Isn't that interesting? He is the good shepherd whose voice his sheep recognize. So if you have clothed yourself with Christ you know his voice too. And it's more than simply knowing the voice of Jesus. We depend on him. We depend on it. We depend on his voice. This idea of the people of God depending on the voice of God is really not a new concept. Um, But even before we get to that, I want us to see that our God has always been one who speaks to us, if you will, who transmits to us, who's trying to get something across to us. Uh, You go all the way back to creation. You see that God created the universe how? By speaking. Now, did he have to do that? Presumably, he could have just thought everything into existence, but he didn't. He chose to speak, and I think that's interesting. And then you get to people like uh, Abraham and Noah and Moses, and God speaks to each of those guys. To Abraham, he says, hey, get up. And go to this place I'll show you. I'm going to do some amazing things through you, Abraham. Speaks to Noah. Tells him what? Build an ark. Build an ark. There's a really funny comedy skit about that, right? What's an ark, Lord? But he speaks. He speaks to Noah. He speaks to Moses. Tells him what? Go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And then he spoke to, through a number of prophets, telling his people, warning them, repent from your sins, otherwise judgment is coming. Then, of course, God spoke to us through his Son, through Jesus, the God-man, said what? The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the gospel. And then came the apostles. God spoke to us through them. Jesus is Lord and Savior. Believe, believe the good news. Be saved. Be repent from your sins, be saved, be set right with God again. And it's interesting that we see in Scripture, the psalmist in Psalm 19 and Paul in Romans chapter 1 actually says that God uh, even communicates, if you will, through us in other ways, that, that when you look at creation, that creation is telling us something about God. They're proclaiming the glories of God, right? Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. Night-to-night pours forth speech, or day-to-day pours forth speech, night-to-night pours forth knowledge. And so this idea that God speaks to us is nothing new. He's always been one who communicates. And today He continues to do the same. He speaks through His Word to you and to me, and He wants His voice to be heard by His people. He wants His voice to be recognized by His people because we need it. His voice is sustenance for our souls. Look at how Jesus puts it in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds from the mouth of God. That was in the middle of his temptation in the wilderness right before he began his ministry. But actually, there is a parallel passage, the passage that Jesus was quoting, that comes from Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. And I want to read that for us because it gives us a little bit more that I'd like for us to hear. Deuteronomy 8 and verse 3 says this, And he humbled you, and let you hunger, let you hunger, and fed you with manna, which you do not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. See, we get a little bit more there, don't we? Scripture is telling us that God intentionally did it that way that he wants us to understand that it's not just about the physical food that we're eating, that we depend on him for our very existence, that every word that proceeds out of his mouth gives life to our bones, gives life to us. So this idea is really nothing new. In the same way that our physical bodies crave food when we are hungry, our soul craves to hear God speak. Our souls crave that. Our Safety, our well being depends on hearing God speak. And He speaks to us today, uh, really, about everything Uh, everything from how to be made right with Him, salvation, all the way down to wisdom for parenting, for how to handle your finances. You know, sometimes I hear people say, and I think I have said this before, maybe you've said this, maybe you've thought this before, but this uh, people will say, man, I really just, really just wish that kids came with an instruction manual. And uh, I'm like, um, okay. I think of Proverbs 2, verse 6, which says what? It says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Or Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 19 says, you shall teach God's word to your sons, talking of them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you rise up. Kind of sounds like instructions, instructions on raising godly children, maybe, I don't know, okay? Uh, or the same kind of complaint about marriage, and of course, I think of my mind goes to Ephesians 5. Yeah, husbands love your wives; wives respect your husbands. Okay, parents don't exacerbate your children. Okay, or especially fathers don't exacerbate your children. Uh, or uh, man, how do I handle money for my finances? Um, I think of Ecclesiastes 5:10. This one is great. Uh, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. Or what about this from Exodus 22-25? If you lend money to one of my people among you who's needy, don't treat it like a business deal. Charge no interest. I mean, sometimes it can be easy for us to get carried away thinking that, that in Scripture God is primarily and only talking to us about how to be made right with Him. Of course, of course, that is the core message of Scripture. But God also addresses those very real things that we deal with In our earthly pilgrimage, it matters to us, and he cares about them. He cares about them enough to speak to us about them. And he's constantly telling us. He's giving us wisdom. He's pouring this forth. He's not holding back at all. However, hearing him is a completely different matter. He is speaking, but I think the noise of our modern life has made it really hard to hear him. We are busy people and I, I think a lot of us like it that way. I like it that way. Okay, I like to have my calendar semi-full. Yeah, I like to know what's coming up next. I'm always looking forward to the next event, I'm looking forward to the next meeting, the next whatever. Just kidding, I'm never looking forward to the next meeting, okay? <laughs> Meetings are just the worst, okay? But, but I always like looking forward to the next thing. So, so we're, we're sort of busy people, but I don't think it's just busyness. Because I think it's what busyness produces, and I think that's noise. Our lives aren't just busy, they're noisy. Noise, by noise, I don't mean these loud and unpleasant sounds, right? This is how I'm defining and using noise this morning. It's anything which makes having a conversation with someone more difficult. Anything which distorts and interferes with our communication. That's noise. It's like you're trying to order in the McDonald's drive-thru and the kids are going crazy in the back of the car. Yeah, I yeah, cut it out. Can't hear. Okay. Or a surprise birthday party, for that matter. Okay, Kind of noisy. Okay. Some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but there is noise coming at us from all sources. And, but, and here's the thing. Uh, some of them may be bad, but a lot of them are actually good things. Okay, consider life for us in the modern information age. Yes, We're living in the so-called information age where we have noise coming at us from every direction all the time. Yes, Apparently, we weren't satisfied with uh, picking up the paper every now and then to find out what was going on in the world. Right? That wasn't enough. We had to find a way to have that news pumped directly into our pockets. Right? And a little chime goes off every time... Uh, Somebody somewhere in the world does something, right? We just have to know about it. Or is that just me? Is that just me? I love the news, okay? But, but, But we have this, we're sort of bombarded by news and information from every corner all the time. There's always stuff going on and we're always being told about it. And so there's this noise that this information creates, but it's not just noise. Our schedules, simply having things to do creates noise. When we have a constant stream of man, I gotta, I gotta do this thing. I gotta, I gotta meet this person. I gotta be at this place. It never gives our, our, it doesn't give our minds a chance to catch a break. There's always a buzzing, buzzing, buzzing noise. Always something going on. Circumstances in our relationships can cause noise, can't they? If you have unresolved conflict with somebody, how's your communication with that person? Isn't it affected? Isn't it distorted? You're, you're trying to get something across and you just, you're like, ah, I hear the words coming out of your mouth, but I'm just not, I'm not getting what you're saying. And it's ah, this, something, something's, something's interfering with the way we're communicating. Unresolved conflict, unmet expectations, betrayal, all of these things create noise in our relationships. And just our life circumstances can cause a bunch of noise when sickness rears its ugly head. Creates noise. Getting laid off from a job creates noise. Uncertainty and anxiety about the future creates noise. And of course, last but by no means the least, our own sin creates noise. Interferes with our communication with God, does it not? Have you ever sat to pray and thought to yourself, I'm not sure I'm getting across, really? I'm not sure that God's on the other side, I'm not sure that He's listening. You know, there's a scriptural basis to know that, that, that when we are unrepentant of our sin, it does interfere with our spiritual life. In fact, I think it's in the book of Peter that, that he says that, listen, if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're not right in your marriage relationship, that can interfere with the way you commune with the Father. And so our sin creates noise as well. This noise then is really intrusive. And there's a blank there on your bulletin you can write it in. It's intrusive in that it, it forces itself on, it imposes itself in our lives. And then it's also addictive. We become attached to it. it really becomes hard to pull away from it afterwards. So, our, so the, our modern life, I think, is very noisy. But really, this problem, even the ancients struggled with it. I mean, I think of the story of Samuel. The preaching team reminded me of this. You know, Samuel hears this voice. Uh, when he's there in the temple, right, with Eli, and, and he's he's struggling to discern where this voice is coming from. He's not quite sure. And it takes Samuel's instruction, I'm sorry, Eli's instruction uh, to Samuel that hey, listen, next time, say, Lord, I'm here, I'm listening, speak to me. And then, of course, there's a the story of uh, Elijah, there's the account of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19 where he's wanting to hear from God, and Scripture says that you know, God uh, wasn't in the earthquake that came, or in the strong wind, or in the fire, but, but he was in the still, small voice. So this really is a timeless challenge. I mean, we have a whole lot more noise today than those guys did back then, I think. But the point is that we, we, we have to be able to cut through that noise to hear what the Father is saying, because our lives depend on it. So if God is speaking, and the noise of our lives is interfering with what He is saying, what do we do about it? And I think, as is so often the case, the best answer comes when we look to Jesus. If you were here Wednesday night, uh, and and I think some of you were in Ray's class, he he goes, he he coined this phrase, at least in my mind, he goes, fixing is the fix. And what he meant was that uh, fixing our eyes on Jesus is the fix to our problems, okay? That, that when we're faced with these difficulties in life, okay, uh, our, our primary, the first thing we do is to look to Jesus. We have to fix our eyes upon Jesus. And, and when you get to Luke chapter 5, you see that Jesus is having a very noisy life, okay? It's a very noisy chapter in the life of Jesus, and I want to tell us sort of what's going on there. Um, Jesus is, 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 on, is near the lakeside, and he starts being crowded by people. In fact, there are so many people around him that he has to get into a boat, Okay, and then he starts teaching them from there. So he teaches a little while, uh, and then turns to Peter and goes, oh, all right, Peter, time to go fish. Go cast your net in the water. Peter goes, Lord, man, I'm tired. I've worked all night, and I've got nothing. But because you insist, I'll go. And he goes, what happens? brings in this huge haul of fish. Peter clearly recognizes something amazing is going on here, something major that he doesn't quite understand. He falls to his knees, confesses, Lord, Lord, depart from me, I'm a sinner. I'm not sure I need to be, I, I can be here with you. And Jesus not only ministers to him in that moment, he commissions him. He says, buddy, I'm going to make you a fisher of men, okay? And then they continue on, arrive at a, at, at, at a town, nearby town, and then this guy with leprosy comes to him. Okay, wanting healing. Jesus heals him, tells him, okay, go, but don't tell anybody. Does he listen? Of course not. He goes and tells everybody. And so there's this noise and more noise and more noise. Uh, As you see Jesus' life progressing through the Gospels, you sort of get that sense. A lot of stuff is happening, and even Jesus is is, is at times appears to really have a hard time controlling that noise around his life and ministry. So how does he deal with it? Like, what does Jesus do when these things happen? And it tells us right there in verse 16 of chapter 5. he says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He made a habit of physically removing himself from the noise that was all around him so that he could hear, I believe, the still, small voice of God. And my question to you all this morning is when was the last time you withdrew to a lonely place and pray? Do you know how I landed on this topic? You know, I, I really don't like being told, Oh, preach on anything. <laughs> it just that's a huge I mean, anything? Okay, that's sort of analysis paralysis, all this stuff, right? Okay, so I, I prefer being told, okay, Princeton, we want you to preach on this or speak on this or teach this specifically, and then I can start prepping. But as I was trying to narrow down a topic, uh, my helpful wife, I asked her, hey, c- help me help me think through this, please. And uh, she asks a very simple question. She goes, okay, um, what have you been hearing from God lately? Nothing. That was not a proud moment for me. Now, that was, I was, I was only a little, exaggerating a little bit. But really, I felt a little embarrassed because I had allowed my life to get so noisy, so noisy that I hadn't heard from God. Okay, don't get me wrong. I was here at church. Y'all saw me. Yes, I was, we were here Wednesday nights. We were here Sunday mornings. I, I taught in class and all this stuff. And yet there was so much noise that, that I hadn't had a moment to withdraw to a lonely place and hear from my father, right? And to reflect on what he's saying. You know, those of you that teach or preach or whatever, you understand this a little bit more, I think, that, that, that you can read scripture uh, to teach. That's not the same thing as reading scripture to feed your soul, okay? Now, often both of those things happen. Right, But you really have to be intentional about, okay, I'm not doing this to teach. I'm not doing this to preach. I'm doing this so that I can commune with my Father. That's a different thing. And I hadn't done that in a while. Holidays, travel, visits, work, school, plans, finances, relationships, had a lot of noise in my life. It wasn't sin creating that noise. It was just life. A lot of noise by life. And I hadn't withdrawn to a lonely place to pray. So, listen, if this message is stepping on your toes, just know that it has already crushed mine, okay? I've already been through the embarrassment, I've already been through all of that. But that's how I landed on this topic. And so, my, my question to you is the same thing When was the last time you withdrew to a lonely place to pray? Jesus did that often, often to commune and converse with God. Because see, Jesus, uh, He wasn't just saying those words. He believed and embraced that truth. That man surely does not live on bread alone, but we depend on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Hearing from God first comes first in our self-care routine. First. You can't go long without, without hearing Him without becoming malnourished and sickly. So, I want to end this morning by suggesting a few ways that, that practically we might do this in our lives, okay? Uh, and listen, in order to reduce the noise and hear from God, I don't think, I don't believe you need to learn any special breathing exercises, okay? I don't think you need to go on a fancy wilderness retreat, okay? Or get a master's degree in divine dialogue, okay? David thought that was really cool, apparently. That's great, fine. Um, I, th- I think there are some really simple things that you and I can do Uh, to take control again of our lives, okay? And, And here they are. First up is this. Revise your schedule. Try to do that at the start of your week. And really ask yourself, do the things on my calendar reflect my priorities accurately? And if they don't, do something about it. Make some changes. Make some room in your life. Remove those things that really aren't adding to the vitality of your spirit. Remove those things. Secondly, find a quiet spot. There's plenty of wilderness around Lubbock, so if, if you're really into that, you could do that. But really, it's this, you know, find a way to physically remove yourself from the source of noise in your lives, okay? Uh, I know it's just super easy to put on headphones and, and listen to music and go, okay, this is my me time, okay? I'm listening, no, you're really not, you're just adding more noise. Find a way to physically remove yourself, the uh, privacy of your closet might be enough for you, okay? That might work. Because even then, when you get to your closet, what you'll probably find is that even though you've isolated yourself from all the noise around you, there's a whole bunch of noise up here. And so the next step is pray. Quiet your mind by communing with God through prayer. Allow the noise to fade away and focus on your Father. Focus on the creator and sustainer of your life. And finally, go to His Word then and you will hear him speak. There you will find nourishment for your soul. There you will hear the words that'll dispel your doubts, that'll calm your anxieties, that'll reaffirm who you are as a new creation in Jesus. And I think once you're able to do that for yourself, I think you can do that for others. Um, Consider how you might do a noise fast uh, in your family okay, uh, how the Palmers are trying to do this, okay, very imperfectly, is, uh, uh, is, is we have the TV off at dinner time, okay, it was a big deal for us, it was always on, and you know, it's just sort of, we're all sitting and talking, and never really sat at the dinner table a whole lot, but, but we're a- attempting to do that, we're attempting to take back control, and reduce the noise in our lives, okay, and, and we're doing that as a family, maybe that's something that y'all could do, or, or come up with other more creative solutions, the point is this, unless we can reduce the noise, In our lives, it would be very difficult to hear what God is saying. And if we can't hear what He's saying, how can we expect to be spiritually healthy? If Jesus found it important to do that with the Father, how much more do we need that? So I want to encourage you to do that. Man, it's, it's really easy to have really noisy lives, and I want to encourage you and challenge you to take back control. Okay, God is speaking to us, but there's a whole lot of interference. Cut through that and hear Him speak. Hear his life-giving ver- words. Now, I think most of us in here uh, have heard God speak. We've clothed ourselves with Christ. We recognize his voice. Um, but if you don't know what that's like, if noise is all you know, will you let this church help you find the voice of Jesus? Let us help you hear him speak. And if, you've just, if noise has just gotten too much in your life, man, let us help you take back control. However this church can help you do that, please come let us know as we stand and sing.